again, Happy New Year to everybody. As we all know, 2020 has been a very difficult year for all of us. And like it or not, we, see, we saw things change before our very eyes faster than what we could even imagine. And it all started off with COVID. And COVID led to, led to keep your mouths covered, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, stay at home. And that led to lockdowns where they shut down businesses and schools. People started to lose their livelihood, their income. Uh, life was, seemed like it was getting depressing. And then you started hearing the numbers of all these people who had COVID. And pretty soon it was like hundreds of thousands of people have COVID and are dying from COVID. And now we're all individually worrying, am I next? You know, you wake up with a little sniffle and it's like, do I have COVID? You know? So that led to the protests and the riots that started to happen. And people were uh, unhappy with the government. They were unhappy with law enforcement. And they began to say, you know, let's defund the police. Let's take control ourselves. Let's tear down history. We don't like history and where it's come from. Let's rewrite things or make things new. So the COVID's going on, and now is the upcoming election, 2020 and election year. People are saying, who's going to be our president? Is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be Biden? You know, we need somebody to guide us through all this. And here we find out even the elections were all screwed up. People don't know. We, we still don't know for sure, uh, for certain, who the elected official is. People say who they think it is. But, you know, it just it was messed up from the beginning to end this whole year. So one of the best analogies I saw for 2020 are the cartoons that showed this big boot in the, in the letters, in numbers 2020, and they're kicking it out the door. I've never seen a year depicted like that before. And that, I also saw another funny uh, cartoon, if you all know. When it comes to the new year, there's two characters. There's this old guy, and he represents 2020. And then there's a little baby, represents the new year, 2021. But this year, the old guy, 2020, he's beat up. His face has bruises and bumps. His clothes are all ripped up. His, he has holes in his shoes. He has a staff. I think it's a sickle, and it's broken in half. And on that one half, the mask is hanging. And it's like, what's going on? So, what happened in 2020? But now we're in 2021, right? And we all have hopes that it'll be a much better year. But already, we're being told that it's going to be much like 2020. We're going to still have to wear our masks. We still have to worry about now a new strain. I forget the word to use for the new strain. Like a, uh, It's a scientific word, but it, it, it instills fear. What's that? Mutation. And, and everybody's freaked out again, you know. So what kind of year is this going to be? You know, what are we going to do? We can work ourselves into a panic, right? But we need to put our focus on God. And I would like to share with you one of my favorite psalms, and it's Psalm 23. This is a psalm of David. Listen to me, I'm going to read it a little bit different. I'm going to be stressing some words. But just listen to what David is focused on in this psalm. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. It's interesting that David, when he addressed this psalm, he could have said, the Lord is my king, or the Lord is my father, or even the Lord is my creator. And these are all true statements about the Lord, our God. But he uses the word shepherd. In the grand scheme of things, shepherd, uh, shepherd is not a mover or shaker of this world, right? But instead, he's kind of insignificant. He's dirty. He's smelly. He practically lives with the sheep. But like in all jobs, a good shepherd takes his job very seriously. He leads them to pasture. He protects them from prowlers. The sheep know his voice and follow him where he leads them. In the Gospel of John, Jesus himself calls, calls himself the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So not only does Jesus lead us and protect us, he lays his very life down for us, his sheep. So David knows that if the Lord is his shepherd, he will lack nothing. God himself will care for him. Can't ask for anything more. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. What an image, right? Doesn't say brown pastures, dried up land or whatever. He says green. When you see green, you think of beauty, lushness. You think of uh, it's a great place to hang out, right? It's a great place to eat. It's a great place to rest. It's a place of life. It's flow that color green's flowing with life. I love that imagery. He leads me <clears throat> beside still waters. Another great image, right? Still waters, crystal clear waters. That are, no, no movement, no bubbling, no just still, quiet. It's a, a place of that's peaceful and a place of refreshment. Another great image that David uses here. Verse 3, he restores my soul. Don't we need that? You know, in this world of anxiousness and what's going to happen next, we need God to restore our soul, to let us know he's in charge, you know, because he is our king. He is our shepherd. Uh, restore means he takes us out of turmoil and strife, and he gives us a place of peace and hope and trust in him. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I love that verse because why are we here? Not to see how we can do, how we can get out of this mess, 
we do everything for his name's sake, for, to give him glory and honor. That's why we were created. And I don't know about you guys, but if I relied on myself to give God glory, I couldn't do it, right? I, I use the image, if I get in trouble at work and I'm called on the carpet and they ask me, Frank, did you do this? I'm going to be afraid to lose my job, so I'll lie to keep myself in, in my position. Oh, it wasn't me. I have no knowledge of this. You know, it must have been somebody else. You got the wrong driver, you know. Or <clears throat> you see a group of your friends that are cutting down Joe Schmo, and you come in, and what do you do? You cut down Joe Schmo too. Why? Because you want to be accepted by your friends. So in Christ, he leads us to do the right thing. I'm glad he's our leader. He leads us to do the difficult things. He leads us to tell the truth. He tells us, don't participate. Or even better, when Joe Schmo gets cut down, say something nice about him. You want to talk about a pity party? You know, say something nice about Joe Schmo, and you'll get booted out. But that's Christ leading us. I can't do that myself. I'm too weak. Christ compels me to do what is right. Why? For his glory. It's through his power, his mercy and grace, and his spirit in me. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Man, what an image here. The valley of the shadow of death. And you know, in our trials and turmoils and everything, you know, that's what it feels like, right? It's personal to us. If I'm struggling at my work, if I'm not making money, if I'm sick, if I'm, you know, can't provide for my family, whatever the situation is, it's all on me. It's heavy. 2020. That's all I have to say. 2020. Everybody knows how heavy a year that was. But, you know, I've gotten to thinking, what would be the most stressful thing we could ever face? And I remember on the job one time I was talking to a guy who was a, a, an ex-Vietnam veteran. Vietnam veteran. And as he was talking, he was, he was talking about some of the situations he was in. Imagine you're in a fo foxhole. Your enemy is shooting you. You could get hit at any second by a stray bullet or a grenade or a mortar round. You know, you could be here one minute and gone the next. You talk about stress. You're trying to stay alive and you don't know if, if you can and I, I, I'm feeling the stress he's telling me. And I said, so <clears throat> how did you do it? How did you get through that? He said, I carried the word with me. And the word got me through. And I thought, wow, praise be to God. You know, that I didn't have to rely on myself. God would see it through. And you know, God has a plan. If it's my time to go, then in his plan, it's my time to go. But I know he has us. So being in, in a war situation is stress to the max, but even then, God, the shadow of death, valley of shadow of death, God will see us through. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of, a, of my enemies. Our enemies hate and revile us, right? You know, if you're a Christian, nobody has, you know, they don't want you around. You know, you're talking about God. You're talking about doing what's right. Hey, you're not invited in our party, like I said before. We want to do what feels good to us. You know, you're not, you're, you're not welcome here. And so we are persecuted. And it might get worse. I don't know. But is it worth uh, going away from God 
so you can fit in with the world? I say not. You know, we have to, you know, God created us. He has a plan for us. We have to stay. A Christ, I say this. A Christian never quits. Never quits. So our Lord will provide us with all the good things to even silence our enemies. It says in Scripture that when the enemy sees the good things that the Lord does for us, they will give praise to God. You know, and it's funny because in that weird way, they're, they're, even them are even they are giving praise to God because you know you're a little, what makes you stand out. God makes us stand out. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. What an image there! You know, I, I think of this. I wrote this down. Um, the world's giving pales in comparison to Christ's giving, doesn't it? I think of, there's, there's some great images. Uh, my wife and I and my son, we like to go to Panda Express. And you can get a plate, which is, they give you a plate that has three separations in it. You can get, uh, you know, chow mein or, or, or fried rice, and then you get two sides. So I order fried rice with uh, mushroom chicken, and uh, say uh, broccoli beans. So they give you the tray and you open up to eat and they took a, a little spoonful of rice and a little spoonful of broccoli and, and, and beef and a little spoonful of uh, mushrooms and chicken and there's more vegetables in, the, in that and th than chicken itself. And you think, what in the heck is this? I paid good money and I got hardly anything here. And then you order your drink. I'll take a large Diet Coke. And they fill it up, and it's fizzing, and they slam the lid on, and they give you the Coke. By the time the fizz dawns, now you got three-quarters of a cup of, of pop. And you think, what? You know, I, I want a full, tall glass of, of Coke. You know, or you go to the ice cream shop. I'll take a large vanilla cone. And what do they do? They don't even bother to fill the cone part. They just put the scoop of vanilla, one scoop, a little scoop. That's your large vanilla cone. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Now, you think this matters to people? A couple of years ago, this is at Subway. People were ordering their foot-long sandwich and then measuring it. Wait a second. My, my, my bread is only 11 inches long. I got ripped off here. So now that it was a mandate that uh, Subway has to check and make sure that the bread is at least a foot long. So it matters to people, right? But here's our God. And I'll use these same analogies. You order uh, a, 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 a plate from God, and he's going to stuff it with rice. And he's going to stuff it with mushrooms and chicken, and it's going to have less vegetables and more of the meat. And he's going to put that broccoli and beef, a lot of beef in there. And he's going to pack it so much that when he gives you the tray, you open up, it's falling out on the Can you hear me this way? Yeah. So it falls to the floor. God gives good measure. You go get your pot. He makes sure that the fizz is gone. He fills it to the brim, and it's even overflowing. That's how much he gives us, right? You get that ice cream cone, and you better believe that the, the bottom of the cone is going to be filled up, and then he's going to have so much ice cream on the top, we're going to have to hurry up and start eating it because it's going to start falling all over the place. He gives us abundantly. And I like what Luke 
chapter 6. He says this, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He tells us, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So we might be stingy people, right? But God gives us good measure. And if we're faithful with giving to each other, God's going to definitely be faithful in giving to us. He's not skimpy. So, when he says, you anoint my head with oil, that's an act of consecration. So, God consecrates us to himself by doing that. It's a means of grace. Our Lord calls us to himself. So verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. His goodness and mercy follows us. If he gave his life for us on the cross, will he ever abandon those he has chosen? Think about that. People think that we could be lost, you know, we could screw it up somehow. If he died for you on the cross and said, it is finished, he'll never let us go. No matter what comes, he'll be there for us. And that is what we call the good news. Christ dying for us, taking our sins upon him, and making us right before his father. That's great news. For we do not, if, if we ever feel that God is not near, perhaps maybe we distance ourselves from him. Do we let trials and fears of this life mess, up, mess us up and do this to us? Does it defeat us? We need to refocus back on the Lord. He is there to lead us back, the good shepherd that he is. Is our shepherd good? As the old year ends, Bonnie and Kevin and I, we sat down and we listed all the cool things of this past year. Cool things in 2020? Actually, yes. First of all, we made it, right? We're all here. We made it through 2020. Despite the lockdowns, here's another blessing. We are here in this building to worship God. Isn't that awesome? You know, there were a lot of things that closed down, like schools and buildings and businesses and everything, but we were able to eventually come back and be here to worship God. You can't beat that, you know. I like the technology for, you know, uh, letting people that can't leave home to, to, to worship God here, but there's nothing like being here to be able to, the freedom is what I'm trying to say, to be here as a family to worship our, our God and King. God has added to our church family. You know, I was talking to Mike, and he's talking about the new adjustments uh, he's made his IT, you know. Uh, I, I just think of all the families that have new little ones. God has, you know, we're like a family here, even though we're all different, we come from different backgrounds and different uh uh, different ways of life, we're here united as a family of God, and he keeps blessing us. We had newer members that uh, added to our, our group earlier in the year, and now we have all these little ones. And when I see that, it just, what a church of life, you know? Who gives us life? God gives us life. 
another blessing for Kevin and uh, Bonnie and I. Uh, we were going to go to Guam, but because of COVID, we couldn't make the trip. However, in the fall, we made it to Delaware, where our, our uh, oldest son and his wife and, and four grandkids are now living. So we got to see our grandkids. Actually, you know, two of them we would never met before. So we got to spend time with them, and it was a, it was fun. I, you know, I never realized, you know, this 63-year-old guy, how I could keep up running with them and throwing the frisbee and all sorts of stuff. I amazed myself even. But again, that's life. That was a, a gift from God that we were able to see our family. Also a blessing, I don't know, but the last so many years, our falls have been dismal. You know, because of the, the w weird weather or whatever, you'd see some color of the leaves come out, and then it all faded, and we were right into winter. It just seemed like we went from summer to winter. But this year was one of the most beautiful falls I've ever seen in a long time. I just imagine, just going down the road, it's like, wow. I remember I was doing a, a library, and I'm driving my train. A library line is secluded. A lot of it is. It's lined by trees. And I remember seeing a bank of trees with yellow leaves. It looked like a big yellow wall, you know. It's just, wow. God blessed us. Even though we had a, a crazy year, he blessed us with something beautiful like a fall. And then for me, I got to retire. So, you know, after working out there for, after working for 40 plus years, you know, in, in the world, you know, I finally get to uh, a new chapter in my life. God has kept me safe through all those years, and I know as, he, as my shepherd, he will continue to do so. Whatever he calls me to and us to, he's going to be there for us. So our shepherd is a, is a good shepherd. So I ask this question. Do we believe this? We, we, we as Christians have an expression of our faith. Do we believe it? Now, I'm going to say the first part that I'd like you to respond. God is good. And all the time, our God is immensely and immeasurably good to us. Do we believe that? I say amen. He is good. So, if we focus on ourselves and our fears and trials, this will lead to despair, hopelessness, and death. Death without any kind of joy or hope. But end, David ends with this reward. He says, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And don't we look forward to that day? That is the hope he gives us that someday as his family, we will be with him forever. No more COVID. No more hatred. No more uh, lockdowns or fear of anything. He, he, got, he has us now, but he'll even have us even more. We won't have to worry about any of that stuff. But we'll be with him for joy forever. So we have a great good shepherd, our sovereign God. Trust in him and his plan for us. Let's pray. God, what a beautiful psalm your servant David penned to remind us that we do have a good shepherd. Even though our world promises a lot, it can't deliver hardly anything. But you promise it gives full measure. And we're so grateful for that. Thank you for calling us today to be here. Uh, we lift up all those that can't be here for whatever reason, Lord, that you would continue to watch over them, to guide them, to guide all of us into this new year, trusting in you. Help us to realize that the reason why we're created anyway is to give you all the glory, that you deserve it. We thank you for being our great shepherd, king, father, creator.
Jesus, your son, our most precious gift. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen.